feeling overwhelmed by climate change? Looking for sustainable and ethical brands to support? That Ethic is perfect for you. Ethic is a simple browser extension that helps you find sustainable and ethical brands online. Learn more at ethic.org. E-T-H-Y-K.org. And welcome back to Real Estate Sustainability Educational Shorts. This week, you get a book review. You also get me with a head cold. I seriously waited as long as I could to record this. I'm actually recording it, editing it, and putting it out so that tomorrow at 6 a.m., it can be out on the show. So I tried, but I'm stuffy, and I'm sorry. I guess there's not a lot I can do about it. Anyways, this short... Yes, I know. I do book reviews almost exclusively about the same people, but I like their books. And this one is the sequel to one of those books that changed my life. Have you ever had a book change your life? It always sounds funny when you say it, but kind of did or helped change my life. And that's Cradle to Cradle. That book I reviewed, I think it was the second review I've done. That book changed a, a, a ton of perspectives for me. Bill McDonough and Michael Brongant, I know I get them wrong. I'm sorry. But they have a wonderful perspective on materials and architecture, the chemistry of materials. There's a lot of things that I just didn't think about until I've read that book. And this one, this is called The Upcycle. This is their optimistic sequel to Cradle to Cradle. And yes, I'm still kind of working my way through some of the books I've read in the past. And I have read this one twice. Not as much as Cradle to Cradle. Cradle to Cradle is almost every couple of years kind of book. And it never seems to get old. This one spends more time on the optimism of design. It's considered to be, or they say, design for abundance. It's the concept that when you design a product that it works its way through its life cycle, that you are not just making that product in mind. You're thinking about the material once this life cycle ends and what can it be used for. It becomes a nutrient to another product when it's recycled. For example, today, water bottles become fleece. Is that a good idea? Not really, because the smaller you break down plastic, the harder it is to take care of. But in some cases, those water bottles become a nutrient or becomes a feedstock to something else. That's not a one-to-one -one of what they're talking about. In the upcycle, they talk about not only becoming a feedstock, not only becoming a nutrient, but also being a sustainable product. They don't talk about polypropylenes and plastics in that way. What they talk about is using steel girders and everything instead of concrete because Concrete can be wasted, and it's a high-energy item, but if you use steel, when you tear that building apart or when you tear that item apart, steel is still a commodity, the price still goes up, and it's still recyclable. That that is something that will be used over and over and over again. Where concrete, you can downcycle it maybe once, but it's pretty much the end of it. This book spends a lot of time talking about how do you design a product as a nutrient? And as an engineer, it's very optimistic. It's something very cool. It's a very nice perspective. If you're a general reader, I think it's one of those, almost a philosophy that you see as a possibility, but in practice becomes very, very challenging. I think that these authors were 
were ahead of their time. They're thinking in a more advanced way than almost all engineers do now. Most engineers, most engineers worry about the complexity. And if you're trying to create a product, you're not necessarily trying to pigeonhole certain materials. You're just trying to make the best product, which quite often leads to the end of its life cycle leading to waste. So not only are they worried about complexity, they're worried about cost. And a lot of times, reusable materials or commodities tend to go up over time, and the cost is higher. Things like plastics that will outlive us by 800 to 1,000 years, they're cheap. Those are one and dones, and industries tend to run directly to them, which is not what they're preaching in this book. But because of the cost, it's where industry goes. It's easy. They've done it before. They've tested this because they're not worried about the plastic being in the earth forever. They're not worried about the waste. Most companies in the, in the world are not held accountable for the products they make and the waste that it creates. So it really doesn't matter to them. This book is optimistic in hoping that that will change because engineers and companies, the biggest problem is that they don't like change ever. If it works, they stick with it. Very minor changes, usually to reduce cost. And that's it. They don't like changing things. If it works, they stick with it. If it's profitable, they stick with it. And that's the miss that I think this book has. It's a great perspective. It's fun to read. It has nice little jokes, and it keeps you interested. But it isn't the life-changing experience like you get from Cradle to Cradle. Although, it's still a very good book. This is one that I still recommend. And if you're an engineer, I definitely recommend, especially if you're a young engineer, please read this book. Maybe you will figure out how to integrate these materials. I know when, I'm in, when I was in design, I tried. And I tried to do it on a regular basis. I just couldn't always get it by the finance committee. But the Upcycle is still one of those sustainability books that is always worth a read. It isn't about gardening, and it isn't about planting, it isn't about necessarily about waste reduction. It's changing the perspective of the world, changing industry, not us. And sustainability, you're so, so often hearing about what we need to do to make things better. One thing about this book series, it has nothing about we. They want us to learn to see it, they want us to learn to understand it, but they focus on industry. And industry has to make those changes at some point. That's when this book is going to come back into circulation. It's going to start showing back up at universities. Because once we start running out of places to put garbage, once we have leaders who hold businesses accountable for making products that don't biodegrade, companies will then find it cheaper to do it right. Then this concept flourishes. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you get a chance to, well, read this book again. I put all these links on the website, greeningthelife.org forward slash podcast. There's a spot on there also for all the things we review, books, documentaries, or even the occasional products I buy. Go on there. Maybe if you decide that you want to buy a book, you click that link. Realistic sustainability gets about 4% of everything purchased from those links. So it is kind of a small way of helping us out if you're going to get it anyways. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, share it with a friend or a family member. Possibly share it on social media. And again, keep your eyes peeled. Very, very soon, you're going to start seeing realistic sustainability or merch popping up. 
And I know it's weird. Sustainability, merch, those two things don't go together. But the closest thing I can come up with is that they're all small businesses. These are all people I know. They hand make these items. So it's different. If you click on one, you're going to talk to one person. If you click on another, you get another person. It's not a normal shopping experience. It's just good people creating small business, being supported by our listener base. So any of you who decide to go grab a t-shirt or an ink pen or a cup, thank you so much for supporting our friends. And remember, we get together each week just to get a little better. Little bit, little bit, big bit. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. And hopefully I'll sound a little better.